0: Hello, Ariana here, host of the Cold Coffee Coven podcast, which is a space of authentic sharing from the heart and through all things mamahood with a divine witchy twist. I speak on juicy topics and join in conversation with other creatively amazing yet magically ordinary mamas who speak on their own enchanted experiences, expertise, and expansion. So rewarm your coffee, get comfy, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello ariana here welcome to our very first episode of the cold coffee coven podcast i am so happy to be jumping into this podcasting adventure i'm currently sitting in my car since this is usually the most quiet i can snag so if you hear anything in the background i do apologize and for those of you that don't know me from my instagram oh that hippie mom with lots of kids again my name is ariana and i'm the mother to seven gorgeous babies the wife to a level-headed straight thinking superhero is how i like to refer to him he has total been my anchor to my sometimes overly fluttery fairy wings and my itchy gypsy feet for 18 years now. I have been working with mamas in many ways but mostly through birth work since about 2005 and then stepped away in about 2009. Let's see, I marvel in the magic of plant spirit healing, story sharing, embodied embodied movement medicine, art, and all things things frozen desserts and pizza Um, actually just food I'm a total foodie (laughs) this podcast has been something that I've been rolling around for about a year now and the second half of last year is actually the first time that I listened to a podcast I believe it was taking back birth or um, the free birth society I think um, from the heart with yoga girl was in there I was pregnant with our seventh Esme, so it was definitely something birthy there. And each time I'd listen, I'd feel like I was spending an hour involved in some real adult conversation, even though I was mopping the floor in my pajamas or wrestling a wet slippery babe in the tub. I found it to be a super simple option just to fill my cup a bit. And then I was invited to um, as a guest on the Soul Mamas podcast, and this just solidified my desire to cultivate my own. So here we are. And after the birth of Esme, and as I began kind of feeling my way through our emotionally traumatic birth experience, I began to explore and open up to some of my own childhood traumas. And it became clear that I needed to begin practicing and creating healthy boundaries and learn to feel comfortable in flexing my voice. So sharing and connecting through a podcast, it just feels like a really great, way to begin this. But before we do, I'd like to invite you um, just to check in with yourself along with me and um, just take a moment to turn inward towards your breath and your heart space and to check in with yourself and hold yourself in this moment as is and just Allow whatever it is moving through you to roll as it needs to, to not feel like you have to place it anywhere or to file it away or to kind of put too much thought to it. Just be as it is. Breathing deep and full. And releasing slow and smooth. Beautiful. Thank you all again so much for checking in and hanging with me today. Today I wanted to hop on and I did go back and forth on whether or not I wanted this to be our very first episode. But I know there are so many of you sitting in a similar space of conflict within yourselves on whether or not feeling through trauma or just kind of getting over it and brushing it off and moving on. And when I began to speak on my healing through my emotionally traumatic birth of our last babe, I was asked in so many words, um, in regards to self-victimizing. And I've been asked if spending so much time in a space of recognizing and almost, if you will, pedest- pedestaling our hurt can cause a stagnancy in what may have already been healed if we had just gone over it. And I have held this question for myself. And each time I sit with it, what comes up in a way of an answer is no. No. For myself, and I know many others, I tend to move through heavier experiences that just oozes with that buck-up response, that handle your stuff, or someone has it worse, or we just completely push aside the emotions into a box labeled unworthy. And when we are moving through these heavier experiences and shoving them away and ignoring, especially through experiences like Births and our childhood traumas, we tend to still be licking those wounds while entering something so vast and expansive as mamahood. And all that ignoring and pulling up of our britches, I feel, which is really the only space I can answer this question from, is really what got me to where I am in my healing today. I feel that I ha- if I had dealt with it in a way that allowed space to process from, validated my emotions and feelings through past experiences, perhaps then my healing would have looked and felt differently today. For me, Esme's birth unearthed past traumas and chapters from my story that I allowed myself to become so detached from that I really wasn't recognizing the happenings as my own esme has been my push for healing not only from our traumatic birth experience from but from ones that um are so deeply rooted within myself and it was in my sharing and in my speaking on that i was able to recognize just how much i was physically and energetically and emotionally holding on to and how that was affecting different areas of my life and we live in a world now where that's celebrated that buck up brush off and just deal with your shit response is celebrated and we're now living in, in, in the reflection of that the kind of speaking on or feeling through is often thought of we're maybe stepping into a box of um, saying oh, I had a shitty childhood so I can be a shitty person when that's not the truth at all or perhaps it's we're wallowing or we're doing the self victimizing and for me it was the speaking and sharing on again that brought that recognition and I really just hold this new awareness with such gratitude because it was holding space for myself that allowed an unfolding of one, self-accountability, self-responsibility, and inner strength. We are born storytellers. We grow and we learn, we empathize, we connect, um, we inspire, and we are inspired through storytelling. We are gifted a new perspective and clarity through hearing others um, and then speaking on our own, but it feels like somewhere along the line, the only stories that became acceptable or that were accepted were the ones that were tidied up with a pretty bow, the ones that couldn't rock the boat of one, the person receiving, or even the person um, sharing. I speak on this a little bit in my book, Illuminating Her Story, but when we are given a space to share our stories with others who can hold witness to them, there's something more than just a spillover taking place. There is an initial rewiring on a cellular cellular level. And this even goes towards um, affecting our hormonal responses. But then there's a flip side. So the key there, the important part of that is sharing our stories with someone who can fully hold witness to them. So Even though we should absolutely feel that we are, that we should feel that we can meet the person or people who are involved in our pain. But we also have to recognize and understand that they are um, able to sit with their own interpretation. They They are entitled to their own interpretation of the happenings. So there's the little bit of the flip side. But really, my suggestion is to take that self-victimizing illusion that the outside judgment has created. And for now, just toss it to the curb. Because traumatic experiences, they change us. So there's no getting over it. No getting back to it. Because healing, it's like this awkward introduction or reintroduction and the only way to move through that um, <laughs> awkwardness is to open up to it a woman or anyone taking charge and stepping into our power over um, our own healing and the power and getting to know this new person that blooms from these experiences this to me feels like the complete opposite of a victim mentality as long as the goal is healing through and not allowing it to become anchor, there has to be that um, swing of the pendulum or that dance maintained between the two. It's this anchor or this silencing, one or the other that is that often happens. Okay, so we're either anchoring in that self-victim state where we're not really healing or the moving through. We're just placing blame. And and I do feel that's part of our healing through because we can appropriately place the blame, but we still, the goal still should be moving through it. And I, I do believe also that the best gift we can hold to ourselves is the gift of time and understand that this healing looks differently for everyone, but it has to be this the goal maintained of moving through and then the other side of that is the silencing where I've tend to my entire adult life and childhood it's been where I just don't speak on it or deal with it or um yeah it just is shoved away into a box like I'll deal with that later it's too heavy and sticky and (laughs) so just brush it off as unworthy. There has to be that swing between the two. And it's this anchoring or this silencing that often happens when we don't speak on our internal narrative of a traumatic experience. It begins to turn inward and it gets lodged and it gets sticky. And when we allow it to become self-sabotaging like that, that's when it begins to seal our beautiful moments and swallows our blooming. I wanted to read a page from a book that I found. Um, It was just a single page, and it's called The 12 Steps for Adult Children from Addicted and Other Dysfunctional Families. And I've been trying to find it for sale, but um, I think it's out of rotation. So if anybody has it, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on the rest of the book. But this page speaks to repressed anger. Anger is a major source of many problems in the lives of adult children it is a feeling that we often repress because admitting it makes us feel unsafe in order to protect ourselves in our chaotic homes we either denied our anger or expressed it inappropriately either way it was safer to protect ourselves by simply pushing our feelings away we were not aware then that repressed anger can lead to serious resentment And depression which in turn can cause severe physical complications or stress related illness. Today denying anger or expressing it inappropriately causes problems in our relationships. We may pretend we are happy because we feel frightened of the consequence that may arise when we express anger. When we repress our anger we may experience resentment, self-pity, stress pressure anxiety depression sadness lack of concentration physical comfort recovery from repressed anger learning to express anger appropriately is a major step in our recovery it can prompt the release of our hidden emotions and let others know our hurt and disappointments we begin to set limits and be honest with ourselves as we learn to express anger more appropriately we are better able to cope with our own hostility as well as hostility of others our relationships improve and we begin to feel comfortable expressing ourselves and stress-related problems diminish and we even begin to feel better physically so I just wanted to sit with that for a moment I knew that I would eventually reach this kind of fork in the road on my own path to healing and reclaiming, and through this most recent kind of blow-up, which it was, between my own stepmother and father, who have, has been kind of a complicated relationship since childhood and even more so through adulthood. Um, I was in and out of foster care, um, my father is an alcoholic, and um, I just there's a lot there. (laughs) We don't have to, it's really not important to the conversation. But in this particular blow up where I was met with words as, um, that I was disgusting and my pathetic little life and self-centered and vain and nasty, I knew I could either fall back into my habitual freeze and please, or I could speak my truth and give my story a voice. So that way I could let go so I could continue to grow through. And there's a difference between letting go and shoving deep in away. To let go, you have to hold it. You have to finger your way down through the experience to the end of the thread, so to speak. And this feeling through and sharing on isn't vic- victim mentality. It's a stepping up and taking accountability for your bounce back from whatever the happenings or whoever it was that hurt you. Don't silence your story for the comfort of others. Speak your heart. Step out of this programmed headspace for you to just hold it all together, to hold that silencing together. Hear what your heart and the experience has to say and teach. I like to say, don't be be your brain's bitch, be your heart's hero allow yourself to be held by others but most importantly yourself let's return to feeling comfortable and confident into leaning into one another and holding space for one another and not brushing off because it's too sticky or our healing too similar may have looked differently it takes a strong individual to sit with their vulnerable um, to recognize it and befriend it and honor it and love and accept it as their own. That takes strength and sisters, that should be celebrated. The scariest and most difficult part for me in this particular situation of the not freezing up and silencing and not being that good girl was one, how I would be received and two, believing I am and my story is worthy of such healing. Now, I was unfortunately met with this invalidation and shaming but I was also met with this realization that for some, it is impossible for them to meet us in truth because that would mean a melting away of this false reality created. And again, they are entitled of their own opinion of the happenings and the story. But it's not our job to carry our parents' emotional baggage or residue. It is our responsibility to step up and deal with our own shit and make sure that it's not repeating or building into our own children or our relationships or even ourselves. If you are beginning to explore what it is, means to rightfully unpack and place unresolved emotions and trauma from your childhood or past or an experience please understand that your worth does not need approval you and your story are worthy of an accepting voice but it does not need to be one that comes from the outside in you and your story are deserving of love and most definitely a space to heal from It is okay to feel proud and confident of how far you've come, what you've accomplished, and who you are, and who you're becoming. In fact, um, self-esteem is an assessment of our self-worth. I forget who said this, so I can't quote it, but I'll look and I'll um, put it in the notes or something. It's okay to also feel hesitant in the road ahead, but we've got this. You've got this. You're doing it. And this is just as much of a little reminder to self as it is for anybody who is feeling my words. It is okay to also sever energetic cords if you have been met with these venomous responses, whether it's through actions or words. Um, however, um, if when you speak on your trauma and you're met with kind of a backfire, or maybe you're not comfortable speaking your trauma to the people involved and you want to cut cords however it feels it is okay it is okay you can choose to shield yourself you can make the choice to cut out this isn't selfish this purely is um, self-awareness now if you feel pulled to create sacred space of release in a cord cutting ritual but you're not really sure where to begin I am happy to share how I um, usually do this and that's with Um, a black or blue candle black holds safety and protection it's binding while it um, banishes negativity well blue is calming as well as protection and on either candle you'll use a needle and you'll put the name of the individuals that you're cutting energetic cords with and then on, on the other candle your own name and then towards the base of the candlesticks and, or the candle holders, with a black thread or ribbon or um, yarn, you'll take it and just kind of wrap it round. And then with the other end of the thread or yarn, so forth, ribbon, you will um, begin to wrap around your wrist, speaking aloud the emotions you wish to release or you can speak it internally. For example, you may say I release self-doubt and then you will light the candles and speak your intention or prayer, which could be I cut the cords that tie and bind intertwining your life with mine with love and thanks. I set free so mote it be cut the thread and allow the candles to burn out by themselves or for at least an hour or so hour or two depending on your situation and then Um, Just take a few moments to reflect on the experience and what was offered through this connection. Um, Reflect on and share gratitude for your growth. Um, Don't keep or offer the candles to another and throw each candle away separately. And I also think it's important to... um, To know that this doesn't have to be something that's done in anger or like revengeful. It really can be done in love. And I like to take moments before I begin begin the ritual and just cleanse and clear space. Visualize the person or people and wrap them up in love. And really just find a little pocket to where you can really hold some gratitude towards and reflect on that growth within yourself. And cutting cords, taking into consideration that we are more than just a physical body, that we are spiritual and energetic. These energetic cords are connections or bridges of that energy that can be um, either, they can enhance our well-being or they can drain us. Um, And every moment, through every interaction, these cords are um, manifested or um, created. And not just with other people, but objects, places, experiences. And we create either this attachment or it can also be a spiritual ties. Now, spiritual ties and cords of attachment are a little different. When the... Like, cords of attachment tends to be ones that kind of drag us down, pause our growth, um, while spiritual ties are the opposite of that. They really um, feel good, they uplift us, they encourage our higher well-being. And when we are cutting these cords that are more of attachment, we are opening ourselves up to a higher serving or higher vibrational interactions. And these are beneficial to our spiritual ties. So we can look at um, cutting these cords as encouragement to healing to both people, not just ourselves, but the persons that we're in a sense releasing from our lives. And another thing to know is that this can be as permanent or temporary as you feel comfortable with or as you feel fitting. So we can absolutely clear the space and give it a little time and then invite that person back in on a more healthy level. Um, I'll go ahead and do a little recording that I'll post up on my Instagram, which again, for those of you that aren't on there with me, it's oh that hippie mom with lots of kids. So that way you can kind of, um, reflect back on the cord cutting and see kind of how I do it and yes I think that's it thank you so much for receiving me today I'm wrapping my heart around yours as you dive into your own healing or perhaps you've been inspired to explore this a little bit further much love and thank you thank you thank you